Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterian Products, a top-selling company on Amazon designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the Asterian Aura VR stand. I'm Jay Ratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software dev who loves game design and VR. Tonight, we have a very special guest, a VR Twitch streamer and YouTuber, Cup of Jasmine. Jasmine, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Cup of Jasmine, and I started streaming on Twitch with Beat Saber and have now transitioned into making a lot of YouTube content, mostly um, to get new VR users into VR, basically, answering all their, um, all their beginner questions. Nice. Well, hey, we're glad you're here, Jasmine. Uh, those of you who know, we have a great relationship with Asterion, our sponsor. They actually recommend us. They said, Cut for Jasmine is amazing. You got to check her out. We got her here on the podcast so that she can help tonight with keeping you up to date in the VR realm. We're also going to answer questions from our communities, followed by some of the latest and greatest VR news. And then we're going to discuss the games that we like, have been playing, and whatever concepts those lead us to. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we're really together in one room. So check out the channel if you want to see us in our lovely virtual faces. Or sitting by a campfire as we are tonight. Uh, it's really beautiful. It is. Yeah, the lighting is really great. <laughs> it's, it's nice. I feel cozy. Uh, Jasmine, we got a question in our Q&A section from Scarlet Ibis. They ask, I saw you have a YouTube also. A lot of people say Twitch is where all the money is for careers and it's better to start or grow there. What do you think? Well, that's that's a good point. So Twitch is easier to start off with and to um, to get affiliate and to start making money. Definitely Twitch is a lot easier in that aspect. Um, but YouTube, it's harder to get monetized. But I think if you do get monetized on YouTube, um, the like the progression or the growth is probably a lot bigger. Uh, so the payoff is just possibly bigger in YouTube. It really depends, I think, though, on the personality of the person. I mean, if you prefer, you know, more structured schedules and inner and like interacting with the live audience, which seems to make the most sense. If you prefer, you know, being able to post videos when you when it suits your schedule or being able to record or edit videos when it suits your schedule, then I think YouTube probably makes a little bit more sense. I like that, and I think it's it's interesting to get to talk to you about this because I kind of did the opposite. I started on YouTube. Mm. I don't really do Twitch ever, but I've been on there a few times. I mostly do my live mm -hmm. streams on YouTube, but like I built an audience on YouTube first, so I never had to live stream to you know zero people. Because like the first mm -hmm. time you start on Twitch, <laughs> you're yep. like live streaming to no difficult. one, right? Yes. I, I would imagine because you gotta like keep talking to yourself and like keep it going, waiting for someone to pop in and hopefully interact with you. So I know yeah, that would be so... real disheartening almost at first because you're just sitting there chatting, you know, just waiting for that one user to show up. Where on YouTube, you know, you just kind of record your content, put it out there, and if you know someone eventually stumbles into it, they can watch it. But it's not live, you know. Yeah, I think the difference is, okay, so one, my, my pro tip for people that are starting on Twitch, this is what I did when, um, if you have zero viewers to start off with, it's really hard for other people to find your content. So it's less likely that they're going to stumble onto you and discover you. What I did was I texted all my friends and my family and literally <laughs> begged them the first probably about a month to just like leave. I was like, even if you're not watching, just leave this on because I just need like to get my numbers rolling. Um, yes, yeah, so after about a month, I got affiliate and then I had to, then I could stop um, asking them. Wow. Well, that's I, really cool. 
If you're yeah. here and you're trying to build switch, I think you should definitely listen to that tip because there's tons of people I know that have gone a lot longer than a month and never got an affiliate. So that's I think that's really smart. Yeah. That's uh and you have I like think- two thousand now, right? Yeah, almost 2,000. I think there's also one more bigger distinction between like Twitch and YouTube. For example, when you're on Twitch and say you had like a bad stream or maybe there wasn't that many people or something went wrong, you can kind of brush it off. But on YouTube, because of how much prep work that goes into making a video and, um, you know, how much like build up and anticipation because you're only doing it maybe once or twice a week, really posting a video, I mean, whereas streaming, you can do it like every day if you wanted to. So I think... um, like so, I think you can brush off a bad stream a lot easier than brushing off uh, a YouTube ch- a YouTube video that doesn't do as well as you hoped. Well, that's really interesting. You know, so you're saying that. So I mess up all the time. So I should just be going over to Twitch then, right? A little <laughs> bit easier on the mind, right? <laughs> yeah, because you could literally start over on Twitch like two hours later if you wanted. <laughs> this is true. Well, and it also depends. I mean, you you produce great content. You know, there's people that produce. 30 second clips of them playing Rocket that's, League and that's put them on YouTube point. five times a day. So like to them, it might not be as heavy. But yeah, if you're going to like put put your heart and soul into every video you do, like it sounds like you do. And from some of the content I've seen you make, it looks like you put serious thought into it. I would imagine <laughs> that would be hard to like have it go out there and you find out, oh, YouTube didn't recommend it to anybody. I got no views. So good points. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. points. I appreciate it. Uh, well, we got some news to talk about. But before we do, Adam, do you want to tell our listeners about our sponsor for the podcast? I would love to because our sponsor mm-hmm. is incredible. We have an incredible relationship with them. Uh, it is, of course, Asterian Products. You know them uh, thanks to their gorgeous Asterian Aura VR stand uh, that we've just raved on and on about and we all have copies of and it, it is truly fantastic. But not just that, they have a new product. It's the Asterian Origins and it's coming soon. So just stay tuned. And in the future, we're going to be able to tell you all about their new product. <laughs> Jasmine, have you played Space Pirate Trainer on Quest or computer? Oh, I absolutely have. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of the first games that I played um, extensively on VR. That is an OG of the VR. I mean, that's out in 2017. Uh, I think most people have at least played or seen somebody play it. They're actually coming out with kind of a pseudo sequel. It, it takes place in the same universe. Uh Space Pirate Arena. And now the crazy thing about this game, it's kind of working off the same ideas that the other did. But the big crazy thing I got to tell you first thing, they are going to have it probably only on Quest 2 because they're saying you need to have, you should have, you want to play this game right, 32 Mm. feet by 32 feet because you're going to be running around in a real arena. A real (laughs) arena with not room scale, I mean warehouse scale, I guess we got to call this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm First impressions, what do you guys think of that news right away? Um, you, you know, I'm glad that all of my training has led somewhere, right? <laughs> but second of all, th- this is reminding me really a lot of some of the experience that we were able to go to, mm-hmm. uh, Jay, in Texas, actually, where you just had a huge open warehouse. And let me tell you, being able to move around in real life was a game changer. And I think that's really the feel that they're trying to go for, but Man, that is a huge area. It, it seems like that's going to be really restrictive for people who just want to pick up and play this game. Yeah, I'm guessing there's going to be like stick control. What do you think? Because you play Space Pirate Trainer. It's supposed to be kind of the same thing, but in a huge thing. What do you think, Jasmine? 
I mean, I am excited. First, I'm like, I live in California. This is going to be hard for me to find the space. <laughs> but I'm guessing just go somewhere at nighttime so you can bring out your headset outside. Um, but otherwise, I think maybe that is the point that, you know, maybe it's not a pick it up like whenever you feel like it type of game, but maybe one where you get to experience it socially with friends in like the same type of area or something. Yeah, it's it's awesome. The thing I immediately think, so like, does this mean that like VR arcades are going to have a surge if they have the space for new? Are they going to suddenly switch to all quests and be like, come down with your friends? Because what's going to happen? You're going to be inside this game running around in this huge arena and you're going to see obstacles that you can hide behind and shoot at the other team. You're going to see places to, to duck down. And obviously you're in an empty room. These things aren't real, but they're going to seem real the minute you're in VR. You're running with your real legs and you're trying to shoot around them and you're trying to play it. I... I, I want to find the space to do this. I'm like, should I clear? <laughs> Even if I clear my garage, I have a two car garage. That's not that big. That is a huge space to ask anyone to have a 30 foot by 30 foot. I mean, a two car garage is typically maybe a 20 by 32 space. That's huge to have any kind of space like that in your home. So I don't know who's going to have it, but I absolutely want to play this game like right now. Yep. Well, what it I've sounds heard people, mm-hmm. yeah. What I've heard people doing is, or they're thinking about doing, is actually just renting out like basketball courts or something mm-hmm. with their friends. Oh, and mm-hmm. playing it there. That'd be yeah. Serious. If I'm going to play it, and I mean, I might have to pick up a quest too soon, right? I'm yep. just going to go to the park in my backyard. So you know, I'll just get fried <laughs> if it starts to rain. But hey, I mean, <laughs> that'll be worth it, right? You now, this seems like an interesting hats. The umbrella <laughs> hat and just. <laughs> It's going to be funny. Now you're going to remember when Pokemon Go came out and everyone was running around the streets on their phones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once this comes out, you're going to start seeing people running around in the park with Quest headsets on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's going to be an accident. My worry, because I don't know if we told you much about this yet, Jasmine, but Adam and I were just doing a VR tour in Texas. And we got to play mm-hmm. in these stadiums where you'd wear backpack PCs and you could run around inside oh, wow, of the games you were in. Uh, but the problem is, even with that and being able to see each other in real time, we still once crashed into each other. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. But like, think about now you're wearing a Quest, which is wireless. It's sending the signal of your friend's gameplay you know, across the world and back. So you see them. Mm-hmm. Like if two of you are playing in the same stadium, are you actually going to see each other in real time? Or are you going to see a lagged version that doesn't look like he's standing there and you just slam yeah. into him? Yeah, well, you I'm know what feeling, needs to happen, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> have you guys seen those? Uh, have you guys seen those soccer games where um, where everyone's in a big bubble? It's gonna have to be like that. So if you run oh. into someone, you just bounce right <laughs> off each other. Ah, oh, we're getting ideas here. I gotta get the bubble. I gotta get the umbrella hat. <laughs> Adam, what were you gonna say there? I was going to say like, um, you know, I really can't remember what I was going to say, so it must not have been all that important. <laughs> <laughs> well. The, keep an eye on this Space Pirate Arena. If you need to look up details, check out the trailer. Uh, it's based off Space Pirate Trainer, so we're guessing you've probably played something like that. But if not, it was a wave shooter where you're dodging ships mm-hmm. coming in and mm-hmm. shooting at you. And you're dodging in real life, but you didn't need a hu- space this huge. Now we're talking about this, you know, having multiplayer arenas and so much more. Uh, we haven't gotten a ton of details, but all we know is it's soon on Quest. And they're recommending you have a ton of space. So I can't wait to see where this story goes. I really want to play this game. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So have our one next pointer. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, I said one pointer for people that do play Space Pirate Trainer: um, wear pants or knee pads, because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you'll mess up your legs from Ooh. rolling around. Rug right. burn. Rug burn yes. is real. Oh yeah. <laughs> Adam, <laughs> Facebook did something this week, didn't they? You know, Facebook does something every week, right? <laughs> but one of these times, this might actually be some good news for once. 
So they Facebook launched a surprise new app called Horizon Workrooms. Now, this is obviously tailored at business folk, um, but this allows a person to ditch their computer screen and just take it into a virtual work environment. So you're able to, it tracks your real desk and you're able to share your desktop virtually. Your real world keyboard shows up. So you're able to type on your keyboard, but have all of your monitors and all the cool stuff that you can do in VR, like have your monitor above your head or whatever, and do that all virtually. So you're able to pretty much in any environment, slap on a VR headset, pull out your keyboard in front of you and just start working away. It works for non-VR users too. Uh, But theoretically, you're able to, you know, no matter where you are in the world, you're able to show up in the same room as all of your coworkers and show them around your desk and just be in that virtual work environment. So all of these companies that are wanting, you know, to ditch the remote work and bring people back into the office, this could be a good medium for them. Jasmine, what do you think? I don't, I don't know what you do outside of YouTube and stuff. What do you think for an office mm-hmm. type work? Do you think this could really bridge the gap? I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm a huge fan of VR. So in general, any new stuff in VR just excites me. Um, as I mean, I'm sure you've all heard of the great resignation that everyone's talking about with people <laughs> wanting to leave the company because companies are starting to ask people to come back. Um so yeah, I think, I mean, you know, we'll have to see how it works and how people use it. But I think there's a lot of potential there. I mean, definitely there's a use case and need for it, especially during COVID time. Um, and I think it's just a matter of how people utilize it and how well it works. Yeah, I don't see eight hours of this. But I mean, if you wanted to have a meeting <laughs> during the day, a collaboration meeting mm-hmm. for two hours with all of your team and some people, you have to have the right keyboard for it to be tracked in this. But even if you mm-hmm. don't, you can make a cutout in your virtual window. It's almost like augmented reality. You'll see through it and see your hands in your keyboard through mm-hmm. your headset. So it really is opening up some real potential, but to feel like you're actually in a room collaborating with your teammates. So I think this is crazy, especially 52 people can be in the room, 16 VR, 16 in VR. Yeah. And 36 non VR can be in one room, one space together. That's, that's too many people. I don't know how that could ever work, but if they, if they were there just for the presentation to see it, Mm. I guess, I guess (laughs) that makes sense. But this is kind of based off, you know, Facebook Horizon. They're trying to do the social app that's like Rec Room is Horizon. Now they're adding this work side. Like they're really trying to build Horizon as a full metaverse and get us all in there working and playing and doing everything. I think this is the right step. But every time Facebook takes the step, I don't want them to be the one doing it. So I I feel uncertain, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I feel feel next. Right. But that's the reason why they invested, you know, how many billions of dollars to buy Oculus. Mm -hmm. This is their vision from the Mm -hmm. very first step of what they wanted VR to be. And it's interesting that they're the ones that are actually putting in the money to get VR to what it has the potential to be. Yeah. I I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think, you know, in in this scenario, if it wasn't Facebook doing it, then who would do it? And for me, I'm just here trying to move VR forward as much as possible and getting everyone into VR because I think it's great. So for me, I'm like, you know, as long as we're moving forward, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) As long as someone's putting in the money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I like it. Well, I don't, we're going to follow this as more comes out uh, as Facebook does more and more good or bad to VR. You know, we're always going to be here for you and tell you what's going on in it. But let's talk about some of the games that we've been playing. Uh, you know, first, we got to tell you real quick. If you heard us talking about a steering earlier in the podcast or in another podcast, you know, they have the best VR headset stands that we all love and own. Mm-hmm. I'm imagining, Jasmine, you've got to have an aura, right? 
Oh, absolutely. I love it. Use it every single day. So pretty. It looks so great in your setup with its RGB lights. If you want to go get one right now, go to hysteriumproducts.com, put in the code full dive, it's one word, and get $5 off any order of $19.99. Oh, that's or awesome. More. Yeah. All right. If you need I'll another one, or if you want to get the <laughs> Vertex, if you want to get the headphone one, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, Jasmine, I'm sure you've got the hookup, or if you need it after this, I'm sure we can figure that out. But, Jasmine, I was looking over your channel and I saw a definite amount of uh, like fitness games. You even mm-hmm. have Supernatural, which I barely know anyone besides me that plays mm. that. <laughs> What what are some of your favorite fitness games in VR? Okay, so I mean, I could talk about this forever, so I'm glad you you <laughs> observed that. Um, I love Supernatural right now, for sure. Um, I've gone through a whole gambit of the VR workout, so let me do try to do a condensed explanation. Okay. So Beat Saber is great for people that are more competitive, like a more gaming aspect, um, like to see higher scores, improving. So that's Beat Saber. Of course, it's also the whole ranking system. Um, great workout, lose yourself into it. If you want a proper workout that, you know, like with a trainer, um, and it's less about, it's less about like, competition or trying to increase your ability, but more about getting a good full body workout. Um, I would say Supernatural is great. You don't have to think anything, which is what I love about, you know, what I love about going to gyms and having a trainer is you don't have to think about anything. So Supernatural does an excellent job of that. And then there's obviously other, uh, other fitness and rhythm and dance games like audio trip or synth writers and i would say these ones they're a little bit more gentle on your body mm-hmm. um, because they're not as they're not as an aggressive of a movement so generally i'll play these games more for like a warm-up or a cool down you know because sometimes when you're about to work out you really just don't feel like it <laughs> so yeah. you need something like easy to gent like you know to guide you into the workout yeah, and I oh. think uh, we've played – I mean, I've played most of those. Adam, you're a Beat Saber guy. Would you play any of these other ones? Uh, I, Beat Saber guy might be stretching it a bit, right? <laughs> I mean, Beat Saber is all right. <laughs> um, I, I personally really like Box BR for like a mm-hmm. good core workout. That for me is is what really is a good workout because it's really focused for mm-hmm. working out. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm coming on – uh, VR. If I want to play a game, then I'll play a game. But if I want to work out, then I want an app that's specifically dedicated to working out. And Box VR fills that niche for me. And it's yeah, now you Fit, know, Fit Fit XR. Yeah, right? that's for exactly what I was going to say. The, they changed um, the name. Oh yeah, man, they I, I need it. to get with the times. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I have another like little comparison between like Box VR or Fit XR um, compared to like Supernatural. So those are the two powerhouses of fitness games um, that are with a trainer and specifically focused for uh, fitness. But the difference between them is, uh, let's see. So the difference between them is like the Fit XR is more of like a punchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you know, right? Because it's like boxing. Um, whereas Supernatural is a lot more dancing, good vibes, and just like, you know, like the trainers are all more fun, I guess. Maybe that's not the right word, but more like, you know, let's dance, let's groove. And then FitXR is like, you better punch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> One's a taskmaster and the other is just fun. Well, yeah. And Supernatural. Adam, we got to get you that quest already because I, I want you to try Supernatural. Because mm-hmm. like it has stretching at the beginning of the workout as like a warm up. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and you see the trainer in front of you in, in their, you know, they're, oh, using, yeah. they're using VR cameras to capture them and then put them in the VR environment with you. And then it even has actual stretching and yoga workouts. I've never done or meditation. Mm-hmm. I've never done them. Uh, I only play the actual <laughs> ones, but it also has those, too. So it's it's really like a full fitness app. That's amazing. But, 
in a really cool way. Yeah. yeah. And it's set in like real world environments. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're traveling through different locations. So it, sometimes when you are getting tired of the workout and you're kind of wanting to ease up a little bit, I just start looking at the scenery and I'm like, oh, wow, it's so beautiful. And then all of a sudden the, the song's over. Yeah, and these aren't just static 360 images like you'd expect they actually go Mm -hmm. in and do some retuning to them so like if there's foreground and you move your head side to side you'll actually see it switching you know with the background if you know what i mean i don't know oh that's awesome yeah if you move around if it's just Mm -hmm. a static image that that could potentially be a little motion sick inducing yeah it's not They have birds they have clouds that move so wow yeah i'm gonna have to check this out it brings it all to life. And if you're out there and you've you've enjoyed VR gaming for the gaming side, but you haven't tried fitness, it actually is a great side of it. Mm-hmm. And kind of, we'll get into this a little more in the discussion, but I think it's another way to convert those people that still aren't quite feeling VR. Because you show them, hey, you get a workout out of it too. It's really something else. Yeah, well, it's sort of that perfect trifecta of, of VR, right? You have the gaming, you have the fitness. But then this last thing that we want to talk about is the last pillar of VR, which is social, Right. And so we want to talk a little bit about Neos VR. So I know that you two have spent a little bit of time in Neos VR. Uh, Jasmine, you in particular, you want to give our listeners a little bit of an introduction to Neos VR? Sure. So Neos VR is, yeah, a social, you know, a social application similar to VR chat or Rec Room. Um, the graphics, I would say, are more similar to VR chat than Rec Room. I think the biggest difference between, you know, Neos and the other ones is that Neos, you can build within the headset itself. So I'll give you a really good example. I had a friend, you guys probably have heard of Skiva. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he he you know, imported his avatar character. And I was looking at him, I was like, wow, this really looks like you. And he said, yeah, except they made, I'm skinny and I'm not really skinny in real life. I need like, you know, my belly. And so one of the um, head moderators in Neos was like, oh, just a second, pulls up like the file for his character and starts tweaking it like within the headset. And oh, all of a wow. sudden he got a big belly. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can change the world. You can change your avatars all internal to Neos. That's cool. And I we spent a little time in Neos, not enough to get like a full deep dive like you have. But I, I remember saying like it's rougher than VR chat. It's not as yes. optimized, but it feels yep. so much more free. It feels like when you watch the movie Ready Player One and they're like pulling out these items they've created themselves. Like it feels like that because you can pull anything out in any world. It's not like here in VR oh, chat. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of tied to the props that have been left behind here or our avatar has to have like a built-in sword that comes out, but it's it's part of our avatar. There you have like a toolbox and a, all this stuff in it. It is really cool. Uh, would you say, Neos, how long have you played? Has it progressed a lot since it came out? I'm pretty new. I've only played for maybe the past month or so. Okay. Um, okay. So I would not know about the progression. I just, all I know is like the second I stepped in, I was like, wow, this is a game changer. It's incredible. Yeah, every time I try it out, I, I always get that impression of like it has the potential to be mm-hmm. everything yes. that we could possibly want it to be, right? But potential, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it has the features, but it's definitely not as smooth as an experience as you might consider something like Rec Room. Rec Room Absolutely. is incredibly polished. Like everything in Rec Room, you get in there and you don't encounter crazy glitches. Obviously, there's some rough edges here and there, but you get in mm-hmm. and everything more or less works the way you want it to. VR chat and maybe a little bit in the middle. But Neos has so much potential. You can do literally anything. But man, mm-hmm. things are goofy in there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I would say the controls just aren't as intuitive. So for new people who go into NEOS, um, you'll probably be extremely confused, not sure what to do, yep. not sure how to navigate yep. around. So it's it's important to reach out to someone in the community and have them show you around. Otherwise, it's just not going to be a good experience. But to your Man, point, stop it's calling just... me out, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the controls just aren't very yeah, intuitive or smooth. So it could be frustrating if you're going in there um, blindly. Yeah, if you've played VR Chat and you think VR Chat's menu is daunting, you need to check oh, yeah. out Neos and see mm-hmm. what that is. But I think I think this is this is a great discussion to kind of lead into some of the questions we were thinking about for tonight's show because like I've had this time where I've introduced everyone in my life to VR. I can absolutely everyone. And yeah. you find yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do with VR. But I've recently had one person who I'd let play for a couple of years even and never quite got them there until I put her into an art app and let mm-hmm. her start drawing things. And so I was mm-hmm. I was going to ask Jasmine, I know you've done some things, same things. What have you found to be the things that convert people? If we're trying to help people get into it, what are some of the things that you got to think outside the box and get them in? Yeah. So like, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about VR is that it's mostly for gamers or something. And so mm-hmm. if you, okay, <laughs> it's one of my pet peeves too. When someone has like a friend try VR for the first time and they put them into like Richie's Plank experience or into like a roller coaster, like that's not nice mm. to the new person. They're going to get sick. <laughs> They're potentially going to hurt themselves, potentially break their TV. Um, so, you know, you should like, when we're putting new people into VR, let's be, you know, more considerate about what will actually convert them. So in my experience, what I found is, you know, you really need to ask them what kind like, you know, you have to know them as a person. Like, do they like gamings? Would they enjoy more active experiences? Are they more into, like you said, more creative, more into art? Or would they enjoy like a more social aspect? Um, really, you know, I mean, VR really is just not a gaming platform. It's a lifestyle platform. So understanding the person and their lifestyle will help you pick out the best experiences for them. I, I 100% agree. Because I know Adam, you used to say uh, Google Earth was a big one you put people in. Google Earth for me was always the go-to experience, even for people that, you know, uh, I put my in-laws into Google Earth and they never really connected with VR. They don't really play games and they're wondering, mm-hmm. you know, what is this contraption? Why are you strapping me to this uh, this <laughs> on my face? I put them in Google Earth and they were entranced by it for hours. They wanted to visit everywhere they've ever Aww. lived and just take a look at it. It was such an incredible experience for them. So Google Earth is always my first go-to. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. Yeah, and I then I put really... them on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> but after, right? So they've acclim- uh, acclimated a little bit. So that's right, nicer. Right. Um, one of the ones I really like is Into the Blue because it's short, it's surreal, it's beautiful, um, and you don't have to do anything, so you don't need to understand the controls. That's always a good thing to think like, do they need to have controllers in this? Because I put people in ones, you know, that are completely passive experiences that you sit back mm-hmm. and watch. But I used to have a Gear VR back in the day, which kind of only had those kinds of things. So it was easy yep. to introduce people to those. <laughs> I, miss, I miss some of those intro to VR experiences mm-hmm. that the Gear VR had because they were great for anyone. And now we have people like, you know, like you said, shoving people in the most intense experience, putting someone mm-hmm. brand new to VR to Pavlov of all things. Like, oh, boy. Oh, right. Yeah. Such an intense thing to put them in. So if you're out there, you have friends that you're like, man, I still haven't converted them. Think outside of gaming, if that's where you're at. You know, I know this is a gaming podcast, but hey, think beyond (laughs) it and give them some other stuff to try. And you might see, hey, I finally converted them and finally changed them over. Uh, Jasmine, how long have you been involved in the whole VR scene? Uh, Let's see. Since, yeah, I think 2017. (laughs) It was when I first 
Well, actually, before that, I had the Gear VR, but then that's when I bought my Oculus uh, CV1. So I've oh, been yeah. I've been around I've been around the block. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember back in those days when people said VR mainstream adoption was like two years away? <laughs> you remember people trying to say that that oh, early on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always two years away. <laughs> <laughs> and yet again, two years. No. What do you think about this? As someone who's involved trying to really help spread it, what's the road ahead of us? How far do we have to go? Oh, that's a tough question. I mean, I think it, you know, what do we mean by like mainstream exactly? Is it the percentage of people? Is it for game, like in the gaming aspect? Like, you know, there's so many different aspects to it. So I think that's a tough, that's a very tough question to answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like asking, you know, when will PlayStation <laughs> 5 become mainstream, right? It's <laughs> like it, VR isn't. VR isn't going to become mainstream when every single person has a VR headset because we'll definitely look at PlayStation and say that's totally mainstream. It's more when it becomes acceptable, when it becomes, you know, more or less common. And maybe with the Quest 2, are are we already there? Is is VR mainstream right now? I think that some people, I think some people maybe could debate that. It sounds like the two of you disagree, though. (laughs) (laughs) It definitely is much less common. I remember when it used Mm -hmm. to be like I was the only VR person I knew. Oh, yeah. And now it's like because of that, a couple of friends have Quest 2s. And it's actually as weird as I thought. I thought it wasn't going to be nice. It kind of is because then they come over and I want to show them something and they kind of know what they're doing now instead (laughs) of me having to like really teach them. But I, I definitely think like when will people start seeing one and not having any weirdness about putting the headset on like they'll be like oh yeah i've done this at work and did my training at work Mm -hmm. in this and i did i watched a movie in this i'm like when will it just be you have this and people don't have any weird feeling about putting it on because i still encounter Mm. that with people i actually love that definition that's a that's a great that's a a good point yeah But you know what? Then, then yeah, yeah. Stop patting yourself on the back over there. At least let Jasmine do it for you. Yeah. Then I guess to your point, yeah, VR is definitely not mainstream. But I think it's awesome that since the Quest Two came out, there's so many experiences, um, new experiences that are easy to get into, and also like starting up, you know, your Quest Two to get to start playing and stuff is very easy. Um, so it's been less. Like, it's been easier for me to introduce new friends into VR because it's not as confusing as previously. Mm-hmm. And no cable. That is that is just such a big thing people don't mm-hmm. realize. Like, not having to have a cable attached to it really makes people a lot less worried about putting it on for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah, because that, that way you don't have to be afraid of, you know, getting yanked back when you reach the end of the room, right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> or me pulling on it to try and direct them around like i'm like oh they're getting too far i'm gonna kind of wiggle them back slowly with yeah. the cable <laughs> but for real, not having a cable is just such a big stress relief when i was able to try out the quest 2 because you know you put on the index and the index is nice let me tell you but you're <laughs> always afraid of you know you spin around in a circle too many times and the cord snakes around mm, your legs yep. you know like not having a oh, cable yeah. is a really big step to just making a little bit easier you know mm-hmm. seamless to just putting it on well, yeah there's, there's another barrier people have brought up and i really want to get your input on this jasmine because i think this is kind of a weird one people say that you know the fact that we can't see their eyes when they have the headset on is mm-hmm. is taking away and so some headsets are starting to think about putting screens on the outside that show a view of their eyes what do you think about that you think it's gonna help it i mean i don't like i don't know it sounds really trippy to me um that sounds horrifying it's nightmare (laughs) it's nightmare fuel so far but you watch the movie you know yeah go ahead go ahead to be fair like i actually just got a decal for my quest 2 and it's like these cute little anime eyes so i don't know (laughs) maybe it's like not as unusual as we think right 
Did that come to you in some product? Was it with something else? Or did you have to um, order No, it? I bought it on Etsy. Oh, that's cool. It's I, so cute. That's cool. <laughs> Someone sent one with one of the products and I put it on mine and I still haven't figured out if I like it or not, but it's not anime. They're kind of like, I don't know what you'd call them, cartoon angry looking eyes. They look a little scary. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to, I'm curious about this. You know, let us know what you think out there. If you don't already follow mm-hmm. us on YouTube or something, come comment, tell us what you think. Do you think that, could you actually make the argument that the Quest 2 is already brought us to mainstream? If so, maybe you should come join us on the podcast. Uh, and speaking of joining Jasmine, people are going to hear you here and think, how do I find out more? Where is this person where I can interact with them? What do you want to tell our listeners about so that they can come find you? Okay. Yep. So I'm everywhere, <laughs> 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 but mostly I would say I'm, um, I'm prioritizing YouTube right now. Like I said, I really want to get new people into VR and a lot of, especially new people who don't know anyone that plays VR, um, might have a lot of questions. So definitely check out my YouTube channel. Um, that's youtube.com slash cup of Jasmine. And then I'm also on Twitter and on Instagram primarily. So those are good places to find me as well. Definitely. Yeah, we'll be sure to reach out to her if you want to watch her content. She has a lot of it out there and it's all amazing stuff. Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, thanks. <laughs> and we'll make sure it's either in the show notes if you're listening to us. It's on the description if you're on YouTube. And if you really want to come interact, Jasmine's in our Discord server too. Hit that Discord invite. Come join us in Discord. You can get Q&A questions to us that we'll answer for you each week. Or you can even provide suggestions on things you want to see on the podcast. Or who knows? You could come on the podcast or even meet us in person because that actually happened. While we were in Texas, we met some people. which was <laughs> really planning amazing. on doing more of it. That's yeah, awesome. It was really cool. We had a great time. Uh, Jasmine... I don't know where you're at, but one of these times when we go around, you should you should come out because some of these VR places that have us come play things and do stuff at the place, it's so cool. I can't yeah. tell oh you how gosh. awesome it was. Wait, were you're in Texas? No, we were in Texas. We went and visited there. One of mm. our one of our other hosts in Texas, and we got to try out some crazy VR fitness gyms and oh, VR. oh man, that's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen more often for everyone in the VR scene. Oh yeah, we'll have it's plans. So fun. Yeah. We'll have we'll, plans. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to help support this podcast directly, go on Patreon and find us. It's five dollars a month. It. Goes towards the production cost <laughs> of the podcast. And if you're listening, come check us out on YouTube. You can see Jasmine here with her amazing avatar. It's making Adam and I both look kind of bad. She looks <laughs> she looks so good. Uh, or if you're already on YouTube and you're like, oh, I'm not getting enough of this podcast because I'm too busy to watch it. Listen to us on virtually everything. I think we're everywhere. Uh, if you know one that we're on, we're not on, tell us and we'll get there. Uh, but I just want to say one more thank you, Jasmine. It's been a pleasure having you. I, I'm going to be following your your YouTube and your Twitch time very closely because I'm very interested in seeing what more you do to help it get out there because we're all fighting the good fight together. Get us oh, to yeah. mainstream. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, hey, if you're out there listening, remember, when it comes to VR, what do they got to do, Adam? They got to dive on in. Dive on in. <laughs> <laughs>